OTB GAA Scale has opened the war definitely with the football pod Where are your power rankings now? The Royal Rumble that's coming our way Hurling pod versus football pod Will, you're a coward Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar some people think we're on mushrooms when we're talking about uh, the stats and the analysis, but that's not the case. Derek McNamara is here with us to introduce some uh, sense to proceedings, some facts. Yeah, facts. facts. Who's, telling, who's saying that? Oh, no, it's, <laughs> it's the clip. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry for that. It was, yeah. it was actually, it was a Kildare Gaelic football pod who it turns out were tempting fate horribly, but we'll get to them later on in the season. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, good, good weekend as well, the English Welsh game is a bit dare, wasn't it? But apart from that, the, the games were pretty pretty great. Uh, I got stopped the other day by um, a man who works in uh, analytics and says uh, this is the best analytics slot in any sport that he's heard. And at the same time, one of my mates was like, that's bullshit. I can't believe you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So It's so funny because I was going to say this, but my my, uh, my mom rang me there last week and she was like, no, no, I didn't, I didn't like last week's one. It's too technical. <laughs> I was like... All right, <laughs> which is fair enough, you know. Good, good, uh, good feedback. You know, bad feedback. And I suppose. Look, that's that is exactly what my job is, right? Like, it's it's trying to make the game digestible and understandable. Whether you're my mom's only twenty nine, obviously, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> if you're at that age, and then also you've you've also got the people that are heavily involved in this sport, the guys that are. The coaches, the analysts, the old guard, the people who've been there for forever, who would look at this stuff and say, "Ah, it's not for me. It doesn't. It's too too data driven." But I suppose it's my job to try and to help and improve and help those guys understand that. Look, there's too much happening in the game for one person to look at the game. And I suppose the other side of it is that the coaches that are at the top, they are able to do this to a certain extent. But they don't have any ammunition that we can bring to those coaches, to those people involved in the, in, the, in, the, in these teams to help them understand, okay, we'll, we can now measure something in a way that we've never measured something before so that we can actually make small improvements in our team, whether you're at the top of the league or you're at the bottom of the league. Um, all sports have gone through this revolution over the last decade and a half. You, yeah. you worked for PFF for a while. In yeah. American football, this happened, and there's like, a, no, I don't need those stats, thanks very much. I'm an old-school coach. I can shout at my players and inspire them to greatness, and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I know everything with my eyes. It passes yeah. the eye test. And in football, it's it's um, fairly similar. There's like a massive analytics movement. We've seen it reach certain points where it's now influencing um, increasingly player signings and uh, some clubs are using it really well other clubs mm. are not using it really well and I guess rugby is catching up with those sports um, I, I don't know whether it has started that movement yet um, and which is really exciting for us because we're kind of at the, at the start but there is a you know rugby is still very much in the dark ages when it comes to a lot of things and, and data and analytics would be one of them but also the idea around people coming in that haven't played before or haven't played at the highest level people are suspicious of that very much so yeah 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 like the vast majority of people and, and which is fair enough right because that's all they've known right but at the same time there are literally thousands if not millions of people out there who 
didn't didn't have the skills or the expertise or the background or didn't go to the right rugby school or didn't get coaching when they're younger or got injured or got concussions. There's all these, there's more of them than there is the, the guys that were there. And, you know, somebody like myself who does look at the game differently to most people, but I... I went and I did my crap jobs <laughs> where I did these crap jobs after leaving school or going to college, university. I learned these lessons and these skills that players could never have learned. You know, they could never have done the skills of learning Excel and learning development and software and analytics and data. There's no way that you could have done both. So the point is, is that the, the, the rugby community needs to understand that, you know, the these things are going to bring come into the sport no matter what. Yeah, and it turns out that there are people within the rugby community yeah. who are um, happy to be in the vanguard of this and are yeah. leaning on your expertise and, and taking advantage of it. Absolutely, and but like the, the, the point is, is that we're not coming to try and push anybody out of the way or change anything for the negative. We're, we're, this this analysis, this data, this information is is purely to help the sport improve that's the only reason it exists is to help players help coaches help analysts help uh, the the people that make them decisions so that they can measure what the impact is that they have on the game was there a tangible time in which rugby started to embrace analysis and data like was the dawn of the professional era was it even more recently than that when teams and, and nations were, were like, well, yeah, this I'm sure there'd be a lot of people that would be that'll turn around and say, "Oh, Derek, you're full of shit," right, <laughs> right now. But like the the vast majority of coaches, the, like the nearly all the coaches that I would know, very few of them are making decisions based on data driven analysis. Right. The the majority of of analysts that are in the teams would be based around creating video clips that would enhance the chances of a coach understanding. So they're not, they're not really making, because the, the way in which data has been absorbed, calculated or enhanced and then provided back to teams is still very much in its infancy. You're still using Excel. You're still using... Mm. There's no there's no one real uh, analysis platform where you can go in and, and interact with data in a way that you can make decisions. And that's what that's exactly what we're doing. You know, it's we're we're, we're taking and I hear this a lot where you know analysts would be like, oh, you know, that, that could take my job. You know, that this data and it's like <laughs> like the introduction of a, a. I think one of my friends was saying, you know, uh, the introduction of the plow. And then you know a combine harvester. The, the 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 idea of that taking a job is it's not the same. It's like just you can do more. You can actually have more impact. Free some time for other things. Yeah. Oh, hugely. Like we're we're gonna, we're doing the grunt work, and what that allows, what what our analysis allows these teams to do is spend so much more time coaching because like that's, what, that's fundamentally what all these guys want to do. Um. But like what 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 we also try to do as well is we try to, um help with pl- different people who have different learning ways of learning so like I, I personally have dyslexia right so I learn by visually seeing things I, I like giving me a, a paragraph of words I I, I, get, I really get struggle with it but then people understand by you know, listening so we'll have information around what the data means by allowing people to learn from listening but we'll also have the data. We'll also have the graphs. We'll also have... So that, that's what we're trying to just do is trying to cater for all these different types of learning because people that are involved in sport t- 
tend to not be the people that read a lot <laughs> mm. because they have the skills and they have their expertise by using their hands and their head. So it's there's so much going on, and I, I'm hoping that we're kind of like we're not the start of it because there's there's always going to be other companies out there that have started this, but we're we're trying to bring everything together to try and make that next step and help those teams improve. Okay, so that's the culture war that's raging within the yeah. sport at the moment. Um, let's distill it down to, to this week. We, we've, yeah. uh, I mean, obviously it's Irish rugby, so uh, there's a, a ten debate and a. <laughs> Um, fascination slash preoccupation slash yeah, the last worry. Three days putting this together for you. I, I hope you like it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, um, so it's actually worked out perfectly in terms of the ability to compare Sexton and Ross Byrne. They basically yeah. played the same amount of time. Yeah. So I, I guess this first slide that we're going to put up um, for people that aren't uh, that are listening, we're, we're, we basically compared uh, Sexton to Ross Byrne just from the Six Nations. Um, and when we looked at the... So this, this first slide is kind of like what DJ what is. This is the first kind of analysis that, that is currently provided by providers out there. And in it, we show um, that both players play... Uh, Sexton has played 116 minutes and Ross Byrne has played 121. So very, very close level of analysis that we can uh, do a comparison against. When we boil that down to actual game minutes, so time of ball in play, Sexton's at 56 and Burn is at 57. And then um, the number of possessions. So this is the number of times that both players have actually touched the ball. Um, and Sexton only has 52, with Burn uh, 66. So there's a little bit of discrepancy, so Burn's getting more involved in the game. Um, and that could be because he's coming on as a substitute. You know, at the end of the game, he's more involved in the game. But that, that's probably why... <clears throat> So well, that's kind of our starting point. You know, how many possessions do they have? How much time do they spend on the pitch? And then when we look at what actually the output of those possessions, so what, what actually happened by each player, um, we look at the, their passing roughly around the same. So 70, 77% of the time they're passing the ball. So once they get the ball, they pass it. Um, Sexton pa- kicks the ball 13% and Byrne kicks 21%. So Byrne kicks reasonably bigger amount of ball um, and uh, Sexton carries the ball into contact a little bit more so that that's just from a, a higher very high level this is what the two players do this is what they they, they do when they get the ball um, and this is this is the current state of which analysis exists okay that's the, the type of stuff you're getting on your TV coverage yeah 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 um, the next layer down. Next layer down, yeah. So then basically what we do is we, we take all the information from the games, okay, and we, we say, okay, well, who's the best? Um, and when we look at the passing grade, so we, we want to just primarily look at the passing, for instance. Sexton comes out as number one in passing, and that's because he's the most accurate. He's number one in the tournament. In the tournament, yeah. yeah so these are, passing, this isn't just versus number one versus Ross Byrne, it's versus all the other out halves right. in the tournament. Yeah, I think there was 13 play, 10s altogether that, you know, we have a minimum threshold of, okay. of inputs that players need to have. Um, but of these, Sexton comes out and, you know, 77% of what they do when they get the ball is passing. That's the thing we want to look at primarily. And when Ross Byrne, we take the same amount of information, Ross Byrne comes out at third. Uh, he's very close to fourth, but the difference between first and third is substantial okay so we're looking at pass left pass right accuracy speed um, distance uh, discrepancies between those three and um, so there, there's there's literally 20 or 30 different aspects that we take into consideration when we, we look at this passing grade the passing accuracy is next 
Yeah, so this is so Sexton um, has a passing accuracy of he's, uh, he's number one and Ross Burns number six. Yeah, so um, we we basically grade each pass out of five, one to five, um, and uh, Sexton's passing grade is a four point four, so it's nearly perfect like basically and that's that's the ability to make a pass and hit the player that's coming onto the ball right in front of their hands okay so that's basically the passes out in front anything that's a little bit higher or low we give a four anything that's above the head or below the waist is a three and you know two is a ball that goes around and one is a turnover and so Sexton's right up there with the 4.4 of accuracy and but Ross Byrne is at a 4.1 and which is average it's right there ballpark average uh, when it comes to passing uh, as a 10 and what that affects is, is that that kind of affects everything else in Burns arsenal if you want to call it that because um, that's what brings him down that's 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 what he would need if, if I was coaching if I was working with Ross I'd be saying you you need to learn how far you pass the ball, which is the next one that we're looking at. Average I'm pass just, distance. Yeah, and the guys are the Irish guys are much smaller uh, passing distance than the average. So the average is around a five point seven meter pass. Um, Ross Byrne is at a four point five meter pass, and Sexton's at a four point eight. So like they're. they're the idea here is is that we can identify what they're doing, when they're doing it, why they're doing it, and then we can identify how well they're doing these activities. Okay, so the average pass distance, um, Ireland being eleventh and twelfth, would suggest mm-hmm. that that's by design. Yeah, yeah. So we don't, we don't, we wouldn't weight that heavily towards the grade. Okay. So, but but it is part of the actual overall grade. We do take it into consideration. Okay. And the first receiver depth is the last one on the passing uh, stats here. <clears throat> yes. Sexton's three and Ross Burns one. Yeah, so um, from a distance, so the average um, uh, depth of receiver for for a 10 is 5.7 metres from the game line. Um, Ross Byrne is hitting that game line at a 4.5 and Sexton at 4.8. So that's, you know, we've heard this quite a lot, that he's able to take the ball to the line quite a lot, which is true to a certain extent. But, you know, what we'll do, we might go into in a second, is... It only kind of tells half the story. So that receiver depth is—he's—he's doing what he's been asked to do. So he's getting up to the line. The only problem is, is that he's—he's not coming onto the ball. He's—he can can be quite stationary when he gets the ball, compared to Sexton, who also runs onto the ball and is flat, and is taking on the the receiver uh, or or the the defenders. So these are subtle enough differences, but quite fundamental when it comes to. Uh, the output, yeah, and that's and that's and then so basically, we the the, the next slide then is uh, basically we're we, we kind of pulling all that together, um, and basically what we're saying here is is that this is kind of like an overall what both players are doing. So um, we showed the output to begin with when they get the ball, but this is just showing you know where the, the where each player is doing what they're doing, the skill sets on top, um, but from a from a quality, so from what their actual players are doing. Um, carrying is another one that 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 Johnny is, you know, he's significantly better than what Ross is doing, as well as the passing. So these two areas are the t- two main areas as to why uh, it's, it's a significant difference between the two, and you know how, how whether or not we can put uh, that affects the team as much when it's put in a. Uh, uh, we, you know, we were. I think we had only had seven of the players, starting players, start last weekend, and we we're still able to implement the same game plan. Whether or not 
these two areas can significantly uh, um, influence the outcome. Yeah, is the next question, and okay. I, I, I would, I would, I would say that they don't. I would, I would say that we have enough players and and leaders in that team to negate this this problem. Okay, and if you're, uh, it's funny just, uh, when you're talking about the passing and the importance of it. When Joe Schmidt came into Leinster, uh, Brian just goes told the story that. Uh, Schmidt said he wants to make Leinster the best passing team in Europe, yeah. and they were kind of like, "Well, what's the big deal about that?" But actually, if you if you think about it, the difference between the accurate pass and the difference between a five and a four is that the speed. You've seen the speed of hands that Ireland have at the moment, where the ball can like everybody looks a little bit like Finn Russell at times, and the difference that makes is that suddenly there's a gap where there wasn't one, and so the speed of passing and the accuracy of the passing has a knock-on impact on your ability to massive, implement the game plan. Massive, and um, so fixing a player is something huge, and it's, so basically fixing a player is the ability to get the ball and take a step and fix that player on, on you as a defending player. That's what a five-grade pass is, is where the ball is able to hit the, the, when you pass the ball to a player, it hits the player and the player is able to then uh, fix the player either left or right. France scored a try at the weekend where Entomac just took the ball and ran straight yes. and kept looking straight and passed the ball well, without looking away and you're like, oh Jesus, that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty impressive. And that, that's exactly what we look at and Jimmy O'Brien did it as well against South Africa where he, he got the ball um, running into the 22 and fixed the player and put the pass out into the corner to, to set up the try. It's, it's, it seems quite small, but it's we've been looking at it and grading it since since we started. This might sound like a, a stupid question, Derek, but the, on that um, that first graph you had, so uh, Ross Byrne opted in to kick 21% of the time mm. versus 13% Sexton, and Sexton obviously carries the ball a lot more than, than Ross. Does that, and this is maybe a bit of fear in this question, does that make Johnny Sexton more liable, more prone to injury because he's carrying the ball a lot more into tackles than, than well, Ross Byrne? That's funny you say that because we um, we also look at the um, amount of times a player's first or second receiver. So basically, um, where I, I looked at this yesterday, so it, it, there wasn't too much of a discrepancy between the two. But um, <clears throat> I'm trying to find it here. Sorry, Nate, it's not good radio. Uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, there there was a little bit of discrepancy. Yeah, so here it is. So. There's around a five percent discrepancy between Sexton being first or second receiver. So, where where Sexton is is um, being protected is that he's he's behind the first receiver yeah. at, at the at that pod that 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 um, forwards pod. So that's the way you're protecting him. But most definitely, the the, the reason why Johnny is such a good good player is that he's able to fix those defenders. He's able to bring the ball to the line and. You know, have a late hit on or, or tackle or, or tackle without the ball. We call it, um, and he would have the most of those where he gets tackled off the ball. But the idea is, is that you know that's part of the game. You, you're you're going to have to be able to to stand in the stand. pocket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stand Take in the pocket. The, yeah, exactly. some hits. Yeah. Um, so the, the last slide that we that we have is is just. Um, so when we take all that information, so for, for just 10s, we, we look at, uh, I, I counted them before I came on, we had 91 separate grades that we grade specifically. We then weight them accordingly based on their skill set. So here we have production is basically who has the most amount of activity in the, the Six Nations so far. Um, we don't have the, the Wales-England game or the Scotland-France game in here just yet. Um, 
but basically we we split them by carrying, tackling, passing, kicking, and turnovers for for the ten. So before the the Scotland game at the weekend, Finn Russell was number one. Yeah, just about, just okay. about with Sexton behind him. And I, but I would imagine this would s- switch based on this weekend's games. Um, Finn Russell was pretty good to the eye. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> he is. No, he is the eye. But I think I, I player of the tournament in the uh, in the London Times this morning. People get bamboozled by sex appeal and throwing passes. But I, I, I mentioned this last week. I was like, just watch out for that skip pass. That's how you get. That's how you get him. And that's that's that was the game there last weekend. That that skip pass he gave was the intercept. I think. Yeah. So like there, there is. And these guys would have been playing against Finn Russell every week, so they would have known its strengths and weaknesses. So, I don't know. I, 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 I'd, I'd be sleeping on on Finn Russell, but it, I've been saying this for years. He's he's very very hit and miss, and like he, he's a great, brilliant, amazing player. Don't get me wrong. Notwithstanding that, like he's he's neck neck and neck with Sexton after the same because yeah. obviously Sexton didn't play at the weekend either. So because in this analysis, he had two really good games, but his his underlying issue has always been consistency and always you know not not falling off the game and when we when we'll have this game done by next week and we can come back to this and I can show you this these numbers again I would imagine he probably goes down to second or third after after this weekend's game okay okay so just come back to Sexton and come back to Burn so when we take all those 96 small bits of information uh, and we weight them in a particular way and we we look at all the information although Sexton and 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 Byrne were quite close to each other in the passing. Uh, Byrne skips down to overall sixth. And in the in the graph, the previous one actually, they mm. looked f- so on the there's tiny little bits in the graph, but actually yeah. every every point. So there's the graph. The, the bottom part of yeah. the graph is back up on the screen there. Um, it's actually significant if there's any divergence. Yeah, it's massively significant because it makes up. As you're saying, sixty odd data points. Yeah, yes. No, it, it takes up nine. There's ninety three data points, but behind that, there's probably fifty thousand points of input. Okay, <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're talking about literally. So if there's a small divergence on the graph, that's actually very significant. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're talking about and that's know, why we have bits of, of of activity. So and that's why we have the final one there, where uh, so I just to read it out. Finn Russell's one, Sexton's two, Tommaso Allen's three, Entomac is four. Garbisi's five and then Ross Byrne is six Sexton scores 70 and Ross Byrne's is 64 and a half so there's a five and a half point difference there and as, as you're pointing out that represents a significant difference in quality yeah yeah now this is only over two games and you could say that you know but I think the way in which we analyse games the way in which we um, enhance the data enrich the data and then you know create this kind of an output we're taking you know literally hundreds if not thousands of bits of information calculating them and putting them into these buckets um, and then what we do is we weight them based on what each position is doing so if we were to look at all the players in the Six Nations we, we would weight obviously a second row much more heavily towards carrying rooking and tackling than we would to passing which is what, what a 10 and a 9 do um, so Sexton is clearly still our number one but Ross Byrne the fall off is is significant but not as pronounced as we might have feared in the past correct right. Correct. So, and we can somewhat uh, overcome any of the issues at the moment given the yeah. strength of the team and if we were talking to Ross we would be you know a small thing that we can try and work on is is uh, just making those smaller because again we're, we're only talking about a four or five metre pass we want to make sure that that pass is hitting right in front of the player um, and 
you know, and, and looking at, at Sexton to, to to emulate or help him help identify where those passes. Like a modern day Alan Turing breaking the Enigma code of the Six Nations. I love this. It's <laughs> pro- but there's so many possibilities and eventualities that it, it distills it quite nicely. Into yeah. No. Why? And I, 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 my mother really, you know, Sheila McNamara. I know she'd be she'd be scarlet now. She would, <laughs> but uh, they, it, it, that that did make you know if, if we can help somebody like my mom digest this information, then we can get to the coaches, we can get to the analysts, we can get to the the people running these these organisations because they don't. They, they think they know, but they don't know, if that mm. makes sense. And this data will help them digest it and go, all right, okay, this makes more sense. And uh, just not going to sell it to France or South Africa or uh, Scotland until after the World Cup? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tentative, yes, there, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Derek, good stuff. Yeah, uh, what, what are we going to do next week? Um, I don't know I suppose we could probably just take a quick look at all the teams if you wanted to or I suppose if people want to leave comments in the, in yeah. the, in the YouTube where they want to know something very specific um, but we could probably look at the, each individual team and maybe see what, what what lies ahead for the last two games yeah okay good stuff um, uh, reactrugby.com yeah and oh, we, we also loaded a whole lot of um, game analysis from the different teams as well so there's Argentina Australia New Zealand South Africa all the Six Nations games. We've got a bunch of all the the, the autumn international games on online, so you can go in and see your best players and what they can do and what their analysis looks like. All right. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.